We weren't nearly late because we were busy talking about other things. Welcome to episode 127 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, this one will probably be a bit shorter because we've not to preview. But uh, as always, John back here, see? Yeah, right, mate. I'm, uh, I'm glad you were showing me those stockings you were wearing just before we started. Well, you know, when you're my size, it helps with DVT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the um, well, we'll get straight into the game from the weekend, I suppose. Uh, there was a lot of reaction straight after a game that made it seem like we got beat about 4-0 in this one. Uh, but I can sort of understand it because you get a draw away from home against a team that have been consistently in the league and you think, in principle, that's not that bad a result. But if you watched Burnley play, you'd think not beating them is a bad result. Yeah, it, I think it's fair to say I, I think it. I was about to say it wasn't a good game of football. I found it entertaining, but not as a sporting spectacle. I think. In as Did much you as... find it entertaining in an anthropological sense because we had to go to Burnley? <laughs> yes, and uh, and uh, yeah, with with where we were located, you, we were uh, hiding in plain sight. I believe is the uh, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, well, before, before we actually get into the game, we'll talk about that a bit. We got tickets in the Burnley end for this, because all you need to get tickets in the Burnley end is an email address, uh, which, you know, was handy. Couldn't get them in the away end, so it was a nice nice to be able to go. And, you know, we weren't arseholes about anything. We didn't jump up and sing about when Leeds scored or all like that. I think it's, you know, you play the game, you sit there, you be quiet, don't be a dick, and no one should get mad at you. And in fairness, they didn't. But Burnley... In terms of their football supporting population, is a weird place. <laughs> like, I have, I have never, I have never in my life been surrounded by a set of fans with less of an understanding of what was going on on a football pitch. And I am sure that that's not the case for the whole ground. Maybe it's just because we bought it in the quiet a bit, where people were just buying tickets on the day and stuff like that. But it was as if they had never seen a game of football before. About what do you reckon, 40% of them? Yeah, the, the, the guy who sat in front of us who, outside of occasionally shouting, get him off, the only sound I ever heard from him was, hey! <laughs> yeah. like, could have been a shot that hit the corner flag, could have been Nick Pope making the best save that you've ever seen. That was his reaction to Leeds not scoring every time, no matter the situation. Yeah, that's, of course, the same guy that appealed for Patrick Bamford to be sent off for Ben Mee kicking him up in the air. Yeah. Uh, and he was not someone who's never been to a game before because he knew the songs. I say he knew the songs. They sang almost exclusively the same song. And it took me 70 minutes to figure out what they were saying. Because they were going, bye, bye, bye. And it, I, I eventually worked out that I'm about 80% sure it was at Burnley of a team for me. But it's not like, oh, the whole crowd was chanting and sometimes it's hard to make out diction in that situation. No, this was even when there was only a few of them and they were right next to me and I still couldn't think about what they were saying. Yeah, uh, their the chanting was about as good as their uh, PA system was at putting out notices. 
I, yeah. I tell you what, if my car had been broken into, it was being towed, I would not know about it. No, you couldn't hear a thing, could you, when their tannoy system went no. off? It was, it was, it, it was very good though. When uh... <laughs> that is the tannoy system. It was ridiculous. Uh, but the, um, I suppose that's the funny versions. The less funny versions of going to watch a game at Burnley is seeing a couple of people walking around openly with Nazi tattoos on display. Well, which was also the case. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason Burnley has the lowest house prices in the country. Yeah, and there's a reason that Nick Griffin got elected there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah it's, very, it's very strange. I'm trying to think... Yeah, the, the last time I would have sat in the away end, um, or the home end, I suppose, was when you, me, and Connie all went to Bradford. Yeah, for for that that League Cup game. I still maintain that League Cup game was a good thing. We needed yeah. to lose that because it meant Hockaday was gone immediately. Because I I couldn't have put up with it for another two days. <laughs> no, no. God bless Luke Murphy for those two red card offences that he managed to yeah. get in. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was definitely an interesting experience once once in the stadium. I th- like you say, I think we were in one of the cheaper parts of the ground that probably wasn't season ticket holders. Uh, it wasn't that cheap. It was 35 quid. I say I say cheaper because there was 40 quid tickets on sale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't think we were in a I don't think we were in a spot of, of a lot of season ticket holders or anything like that. No, true. Um, like I am assuming that the actual, the core that go, which would be maybe sixty percent of the people there, they probably do have an actual understanding of football. It's just that where we were, I have I've never seen it like it. And the other thing with Burnley, when you think about Burnley, it's right they'll get stuck in, they try and turn it into an old school game, physical, knock you about, get into a battle because they back themselves to win in the battle, and that is absolutely fine. Sean Dyche has. Kept that team in the league for years and years. Even got them into Europe once with a squad that shouldn't be. So I've no problem with that. What did annoy me was if you're going to support a team that plays like that and admits to playing like that and he's proud of playing like that, you cannot be like the most pathetic fan base I've ever seen when it comes to any tackle on your players. It was they turn into like if someone breathed near Ashley Barnes, you would have thought that they'd got out a knife and stabbed him. It was... it's, it's a really odd combination of, you know, Burnley, they're a very physical team. Also, Burnley, they don't like it up them. Yeah, Burnley, they're a very physical team. Burnley, they turn into Jack Grealish if you go anywhere near them. Yeah, it was... It, and I think for us through the game... It, it was it was a scrappy game. It was definitely a scrappy game. You know, you had Patrick Bamford going on about his uh, jiu-jitsu contest with, with Tarkovsky at the back. Mm. Um, then you had, a, you, know, well, um, you know, conversely, you had Ashley Barnes just nailing Stuart Dallas while he's mid-air. Yeah, um, which, obviously, where we were, we actually had a decent view of that. And I remember having to turn to you and quite quietly go, Mate, that was definitely a red card. <laughs> like, it absolutely was. Yeah, it was fine though because because Stuart Dallas landed on Ashley Barnes's back, so that that sort of evened it up. Yeah, it is my understanding of that decision. 
Um, just on the topic, I hopefully everything's all right with Stuart Dallas because he's withdrawn from Northern Ireland squad for personal reasons. So uh, hopefully, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Whatever's happened, yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully you're all right. Um, yeah, so first half we, I won't say we had a couple of good chances. We got the ball into good areas, and then there was a couple of times where where Bamford had that heavy touch that went back to Nick Pole. Yeah, that um, was a big chance, and the one, I think that was the first one. So about 10, 15 minutes earlier, we had another break similar and got Rafinha through. And he put it wide on his right foot. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think of Burnley's chances in that first half. Because I remember them having a decent bit of possession, but I don't really like that. I don't know if it's all because it was just around corners and Chris Wood and uh, they, Diego Llorente having a bit of a scrap that. They had a few. The chances weren't great, but like Strauch left that back pass short in the first half. There was Pat Bamford's attempted back pass that went off the post. Yeah, that is that what we're going with? He was trying to head it back to Melier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and then so, it was a weird one. Like, for 15 minutes, I thought the game was really even. And then I thought Burnley got on top. But then we had two breaks while they were on top that were probably the two best chances of the first half. Second half, up until they scored, Burnley were miles on their side. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much from the start of the second half, I thought Burnley just came out the better team. That's a, that's a worry, by the way, because we had three games now, and all three we've started the second half really badly. Uh, yeah, I it's a tough one because I think we were predicting last time that, well, I think we all kind of knew going in that it was going to be the uh, 3 3 1 3, mm. but it's it's again when you when you play teams like this, and, and I understand why we do why we make these changes. But when I, I do genuinely think when you look at the quality of our squad or our starting lineup anyway, compared to Burnley's, we don't. In, I still don't entirely understand changing the way we play to to match them. Um, you know, I, I know how it works with Bielsa always wants a, a spare defender. Um, but there is part of me, and and I'm saying this as a football manager fan, and and that's about <laughs> it in the context of this conversation. But if I'm playing someone who'd finished seventeenth the year before, I'm not thinking ah, best put someone else in defence. You see, the the change in formation didn't bother me at all. I just don't think we played very well, and I am assuming that when this international break finishes. I know that it's not everyone's favourite, but if it comes down to a 50-50 and it's Rodrigo or Roberts, I think Roberts has to win out now. Oh, again, like for the in, mid, in midfield, that is. If Bamford gets injured, I'd play Rodrigo up top. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's obviously I've kind of debated it off you because you'll have seen more of it with the Everton game, but it's twice now that um, Roberts and Shackleton have come off the bench and, and had decent showings for themselves. I think between the Everton game and this one. I thought Roberts had some decent touches again. I thought Shackleton did really well when he came on. And I thought he really lifted us. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, there's the goals. Um, it was if, if you were picking a 1-1 before the game, you'd have probably said Chris Wood and Patrick Bamford would get the goals. But Burnley's started from a set piece again. Tarkovsky, really good header, which Melier made a wonder save from. 
but then leads just don't clear. They have like four separate attempts for like two of them get blocked and the third one's going easy save for Melier and Chris Wood just gets a little flick on it. That I do have he got a decent touch on it and put it in the other corner. That slight flick that made it look like Melier should have saved it until he saw it back was a very annoying one, but at set pieces, they look dangerous all the way through. Obviously, we've got much better at defending set pieces as record for the second half of last season and the start of this season is actually quite good defensively on set pieces after the horrific start we had. But these really just looked to bully us at set pieces and it it was not at all a shock when they scored. No, no, at that point, that they'd they'd been dominating play as well. Um, Diego, Diego, sorry, Diego, Llorente had been having the best of times. Um, but I think the issue was, one, knowing we were going to go three at the back, um, that he probably would have to start this one. And then also, coming into it, we had the news that... Uh, Furpo and Click were both unavailable due to COVID. Yeah. Well, so, has it actually been confirmed that that's why Furpo wasn't? Uh, yes, I believe so. All right, yeah, like, I, think, I, I think if I remember rightly, I think he put it on Instagram. Ah, oh, right, I don't have that. Um, yeah, that was it, Furpo no, missing. Bit, bit of a Furpo missing was a little bit of an issue, but we missed Click. If that's Phillips and Click instead of Phillips and Rodrigo, I think we play better. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, especially once you move that extra body out of the middle of midfield, it does expose Rodrigo's lack of defensive quality at that point when you've only got the two central midfielders, essentially. Um, Whereas if you've got Click and Phillips there around him, it kind of covers for him a little bit. Um, And it it was one of those things, I think, as we were... Kind of pulling up towards the towards the stadium and parking off when we first saw the the bench, it was a very very inexperienced bench. Yeah, I mean Liam McCallan getting the call up because we're so short on left back options. Being in there, Gelhart being on it, Somerville. I must admit, obviously we got the equaliser, so decision was justified. But I was amazed that one of Gelhart or Somerville didn't get thrown on. In that city. Well, not amazed. Amazed is the wrong term because it's Bielsa and he does this all the time. Mm. But I was still surprised. Just watching the way the game was going before we equalised, I thought, God, one of these has got to come on. I was a lot more surprised Helder Costa didn't come on. Out of any of them. Yeah. We'll come on to him. We'll come on to him in a bit. Uh, but Leeds' equaliser, we were lacking quality in the final third. And Rafinha produced that bit to put Charlie Taylor, I was going to say on his ass, but more accurately on his face. Uh, something I, was sho- I, something with Sean Dyche, I, by the way. Sean Dyche managed to try and complain that that was a foul. Because he got turned and fell over. Yeah. Ch- Charlie um, Taylor, who, it, ever since the way he left, like I think we had a year where we went, now nah, fuck that guy. Um I think we all moved on from him fairly quickly once we realised how, how much of a prick uh, Gary Monk was. <laughs> it's like Professor Wernstrom in Futurama. It's like when they take the grants off him when they realise how much of a jackass he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But there is that moment of just going, ah, I'll take that, Taylor, you wanker. But yeah, it was nice nice play because it was uh, him and Shackleton linking up on, on the right again. 
and then he which, beats. Which which they did a lot once Shackleton came on. We 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 needed that pace. Not that the you know I thought because I thought Dwight McNeil had had a good game up pretty much up until Shackleton came on. I thought he'd had yeah. he'd had the beating of availing for the most part. Had done well cutting inside and found a bit of space, but. Um, I think Shackleton coming on coincided with them playing a bit, starting to play a bit deeper as well. But he he was just bombing on, you know, for those twenty minutes or so. Yeah. So Rafinha beats Taylor, goes for a low shot, it's blocked, comes out to Shackleton. Like Sidefoot, he is going for far corner, gets a little deflection, and Bamford's there to tap it in. Because VAR has ruined my brain at this point, I'm there thinking, is this going to be offside? Even though looking back at the replay, the keeper's there and he had a player on the goal line. Yeah. Like, it couldn't have been more onside, but my brain just goes, I can't. I think also, because we were sat in the home end, I didn't get swept up in the euphoria in the same way. So my I, brain I, was thinking, this could still be offside. This, I'm trying to, my reaction was, like, if anyone would have been looking and paying attention, like, think I would have given myself away in as much as I was going, ah, oh, ah, oh, what, a, what a bad time this has happened. Oh, why? Why? Um, Get your damn hands off me. <laughs> I want to be dragged down those stairs. Those are the second steepest stairs in a football ground I've ever been up and down. Yeah, they were as well. They were seriously dangerous steps. Um, it was... I do think in the end, because of the way that last 20 minutes went where they dropped off and we went for it, I think we were probably worth a point, but we were only worth a point. Like, I think if Burnley had kept going for it, they'd have won game. Yeah, I... I find it weird in as much as I think any any up until we scored, if that game would have finished one nil, you'd have said, "Yep, that's a fair result." And then we scored, and I think we we pushed on and tried to create two or three more chances and, and kept the play, you know, twenty thirty yards from their goal. Mm. So you kind of come away with it in the end that saying, "Yeah, draws a fair result." But if the game would have finished seven minutes earlier, a win would have been fair for them. It's strange. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was a disappointing performance. I just think that we had enough on the pitch where if we'd have just played well, we'd have beat them, but we didn't play well enough. Uh, so three games, two points, that familiar blanket-like comfort of 15th place. Uh, I mean, it's... It's not a disaster by any stretch, obviously, but it is a disappointing start. It's, it is and it isn't in the respect. I think if you break those three games down, as much as it would, um, as much as it's upsetting to ever lose to them, losing to Man United is acceptable for where we are at the moment. A draw with Everton is probably about right for where we are. And going to uh, the new Stoke, essentially, at this point, and getting a point is probably fine. Yeah. Although it, Burnley it, did have one thing. Being high up in that north stand, it was very picturesque. It was a lovely view. 
Absolutely wonderful. Because the other the other stand across, once you sat once you sat where we are as well, it looks like it has about fifteen rows to it. Mm. So it's really not that high. It also comical moment for us was watching the ball that went onto the roof, seeing the ball roll down like it was something out of tipping point, and everyone just just fingers crossed that it was going to nail the fourth official on the head. And I think it landed within a yard or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just look, just looking out over the, the Lancashire countryside, essentially, it was quite nice. I mean, it does say a lot that the one bit of Burnley that was nice was when you had a view of not Burnley. Yeah, I was happy that I could only <laughs> see the roof of the houses. <laughs> and but, and um, what, appeared, what appeared to be a circus in the distance. What, you mean, insert club, we'll say Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, could have said Preston, could have said any, really. <laughs> Anywhere between Bradford and Blackpool, really. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's not the worst thing. Uh, by the way, um, I have glanced at the team. Phillips starts. Shockingly, Patrick Bamford doesn't. Ah. Oh, did we play two or three games in this break? Uh, three. Ah, you, you'll think Pat will start one of them then. Well, one but, of them's Andorra, so that one. Yeah, I, I That's kind of think. I want him to play, and I want him to get nine. I kind of, <laughs> and then retire. Yeah. <laughs> and take that, Francis Jeffers, <laughs> and Dave Nugent, and I think there's a couple of others who've scored twice and never played again. But um, yeah, I, I think. I think when you when you kind of step back and look at it, as much as it is disappointing to to go to the team we finished seventeenth last season and get and only get a point, I, I'll take it at this stage. It could be worse. We've scored in all three games, which is three more games than Arsenal have scored in this season. Um, it's two more points than Arsenal have got this season, and uh, you know what? Even losing five one to Man United, it's you know. A more enjoyable, fight, you know, defeat where we conceded five more than it's, Arsenal. Yeah, it's a at least at least with the scum game we got a belting goal. Yeah, we'll always have that moment with Luke. Yeah, I don't um, know what they have. The I suppose the key is what happens after the break because obviously we're as much as you would like to say that it won't happen. We're heavy favourites to lose as first one back because it's Liverpool. I don't know. Last season we beat them and drew with them. That's, yeah, know. yeah, that's that's the story, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> but then we've got that run: Newcastle away, West Ham at home, Watford at home, Southampton away, Wolves at home, Norwich away. Yeah. All in a row. That's where we need to hit some form and get some results. If we can, pick yeah, up I, a few I results look at that. I look at that run and think we can solidify a mid-table finish by the end of that run. Like we could we can wrap the season up after that Norwich game. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, cool. and, and, and apologies if we if we find ourselves in the relegation zone. You can blame me for that. Um, and I will. Yeah. <laughs> and even if we don't, I'll still blame you. Mm. Um, it, it's obviously it's going to be a tough one playing Liverpool. They're back to near enough full strength, you know. And, and we can sympathise with them in many ways. In many ways, they're a bit short in centre mid. We're a bit short in centre mid. Um, we're pretty much the same club. Yeah, basically. Like, you know, we should finish within about four points of each other. Yeah. Uh, we both predicted wins for this, so no points in that. 
uh, still early days in that, but neither of us have had a great start. Uh, there is just basically a few transfers and then we'll be done. So, start with the biggest one. Bryce Asano has gone to Wrexham on a permanent deal. I think, I think we all know what the big one is here. And it's my boy has left. It is your boy. He's he's on the next one. Uh, yeah. Asana, you know, National League. Wrexham, I mean, it's a club on the up with their millionaire Hollywood owners. <laughs> uh, it's actually a bit of a shame. But that... With the lad from uh, It's Always Sunny and Deadpool. Yeah. Of course, for me, it being weird that uh, Rob McElhinney, Mr. McElhinney is by far the uh, one I'm more bothered about. <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds. Come on. <laughs> if nothing else, he was in that episode of Scrubs. Yeah. Autumn Schenk. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, decent move for him, I suppose. He'll, uh, we'll see what they do. He, he got very unlucky. I don't think he was ever going to... He was never going to break into our side, but he did get on the bench a couple of times. And he was, he's just, he's basically been injured for like 18 months out of the last two years. He's uh, He's been very unlucky with that. So hopefully he can stay fit. And then we had two players join Barrow on permanent deals. One of them, that sounds about right. One of them, I think that, that move is very low for him. Uh, so Jordan Stevens, who seems to have dropped off since he was getting the odd game in the championship. And your boy, Robbie Goss. Yeah, who, uh, if you believe any of my football manager saves, can get in the England team. So there's still time, Robbie. There's still time. Um, yeah, it's 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 obviously disappointing seeing them leave, but I, I understand the the process behind it as well. In as much as they want to keep players coming through into the twenty threes, and there's only so much that players at that at that stage now can achieve. Mm. Um, so it's better for I think it's better for both parties to to move them on for what I assume are limited fees with a bit of a sell-on clause, um, in the hope that they then can move back up the leagues or something, get a decent move, or just at least to get them playing first-team football somewhere. Because um, you know, as disappointing as it is for me to see Robbie Gotts leave because I, I, you know I did like him I thought he was a good player he looked good against Arsenal he'd had that great run in the 23s had an even better run of not coming off the bench um, but yeah hopefully it's a case of he plays football for a year or two and then can either go up with Barrow or can leave Barrow and go to literally anywhere else yeah well like a sort of a Liam Kitching one where he we went down, went to the conference, and now he's at Barnsley. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Uh, to Barnsley, they all there's a nice little. Well, I was the, the um Clockador, is Clockador at Hull now as well? With no, Clockador's uh, at Barnsley. He's at Barnsley. I know Coyle went to. Oh, it's, um, who's the striker that went to Hull? I forgot his name there. Malik Wilkes. Malik Wilkes. It's Malik Wilkes and Louis Coyle that are at Hull. It didn't happen, but Malik Wilkes was like linked with a really interesting move on deadline day. Lazio. Uh, I'm just seeing if I can find uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Wren. Wow. <laughs> I've no idea if there was any truth in it, but I think it was. He's got a hell of an agent. Yeah. Mind you, uh, maybe that just make up a move to Germany is a thing because AD White was off to Dortmund, wasn't he, at one point? <laughs> 
Uh, he was really jo- fast, though. Yeah, for Jordan Stevens going to Barrow makes a lot of sense. Obviously, he League Two is probably right at the minute because he has dropped off a bit from where he was. Uh, but also, Mark Cooper's manager at Barrow, and Mark Cooper was manager at Forest Green when Jordan Stevens first broke through before we signed him. Hmm. So uh, that that move makes a lot of sense. I was going to say for him because he he was uh, he was on he was on trial with Harrogate, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, during the summer as well. So, um, yeah, again, someone who, as, as soon as we got out of the championship, you know, it was probably one that was going to be moved on. Yeah. But, but again, just glad to see these guys getting moves and hopefully, you know, getting to play week in, week out. And actually, they can actually be professional footballers now for, that actually play football. Yeah, as I say, I, I was very surprised when Gotts went there and it was permanent because I genuinely thought that someone a bit higher up the food chain would be after him. He had a good and loan we... spell last year, hadn't he? Yeah. Not, not Alpha McCalmont good, but still, you know, fairly reputable season. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, in terms of their pecking order at Leeds, you know, you've got Hassana and then Stevens and up here's Robbie Gotts. So about here... Helder Costa's gone to Valencia. Yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as Dan James became available, I think everyone looked at Helder Costa like. Mm. Well, it's so. definitely this is a proper best for all parties move, because, I mean, Helder Costa does have plenty of ability. So if he goes somewhere and plays and gets some confidence, he might like. There's an option for them to make it permanent, which again, this probably. I hope he does well and they make it permanent and that's probably best for everyone involved. But he's never going to be the guy. And you can't have... If you if we're going to have four options out wide, they can't all be people on big on pretty decent money. Like, Somerville being the fourth one is great. Uh, yeah. You don't want Costa being the fourth one and Somerville fifth. Uh, so, I mean, Costa... He came in, he was a bit, he was too expensive, he was too inconsistent. But he was in the team that got us promoted, and that was basically the job he was signed for, even though he was made, you know, even though he then had his time in Premier League. So I don't hate him or anything, but it, it's about the right time for him to go. We'll always have fun. Hmm. That none of us were there for. No. It's unfortunate to have your best game for the club when no one's there watching. Like, yeah. I know we all saw it. Well, I say we all saw it. That was one of the few games that wasn't televised. So, so every, I think... That no, was, I think it was. I think it was, because I'm, 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 I'm fairly sure I watched it on Saturday. Oh, no, you're right. Sorry, well, it was uh, it was nearly Saturday kickoff, so it will have been on, it'll have been on BT. That's why I was having to find dodgy streams of it at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I had to give up on that one. Is a bad job. Well, Fun times. And him going, uh, showing that Leeds United were actually telling the truth when they said, no, there is money to do something. It's just we're only going to do it if something comes up. Oh, me or you? Well, there uh, we go. That, that skipped around a bit. I don't know if the sound stopped or not because it, it was fine here, but we'll never know. So, yeah, the money was there. For a centre mid, so we spent it on a winger. <laughs> da- Daniel James, twenty-five million pound plus add-ons, 
which is a bit steep, but you do look around at all the other transfers and that is probably going right. Yeah, but I, I think they're all going to play week in, week out. Mm. That, that's, that's my issue with it. Are you, well, are you not... Are you not subscribing to the Twitter theory that Rafinha's going to play centre-mid and or Jack Harrison's going to play left-back? No. Oh, same. I have said for two years that eventually Jack Harrison will end up playing a few games at left-back for us. But I don't think it's going to be like against Liverpool. <laughs> It'll be I mean, a while. I mean, I, I think by the time that he, he reaches 30s, Jack Harrison won't be too far off. Like James Milner's positions on Football Manager that he can play in because Bielsa's like, yep, yeah, he can play as a striker, he plays a ten, plays a left back, not a problem, he'll be fine. Um, but even even before I take into account his his ability and his game, one Bielsa will want him to get to his fitness level. He'll probably want him to drop some weight, which again. I look at him and just think, Christ, the fact that that man will have to drop weight is insane. What am I doing with my life? Um, but yeah, you know, he'll it, it'll probably want him to have a few games in the 23s. And... I, I think that the 23s play a game the day before the Liverpool game. You wouldn't be at all shocked mm. to see Dan James start and play 45 minutes before getting subbed off. To be on the bench against Liverpool. Wing back. <laughs> uh, but to be honest, for, from from what I've seen at Man United, I don't think he's as good as Harrison or Rafinha. He which, isn't. At the, he isn't at the minute for sure. Which is which is then, you know, I did want us to sign someone who's going to add something to this squad, and he was an improvement on our next two wingers. So in that regards, it, it is a good move that we are strengthening. But at the same time, it's like 25 million for a sub. Mm. That's, it's, that's a lot. The the thing that's... like I, I think it is a bit too expensive and it's not the position I'd have been going for. I think that there was bigger priorities in the squad. But the thing that outweighs all of that by, an abs- by a distance for me is Bielsa fucking loves him. He's wanted yeah. him the whole time, and he thinks that he's good. He is exactly what we need. So I'm. That makes me just think. Fine. I mean, he's absolutely electric on the break, which could be really good for us. The worry is, of course, that Costa's best games were all when we were on the break, and his worst games were all when a team sat back against us. So it is. He's a lot better than Costa, but it's the same principle as a player I, I, I'm worried that he's going to be a Premier League caddy Sacco that, that, that's my concern is that well I think no. that, that, no, that's, no, a that's very, a bit harsh because that's very unfair yeah Hadi Sacco was actually quite good um, no it's I suppose it is the fact that have, you know and watching him through the Euros as well now Wales weren't, weren't at the best um, is that he knows the ball to play. It's just the ability to play that ball um, at times that, that I thought let him down, which which when you're on the break, you, 
and you're attacking as quickly as Leeds do, you can't really afford to have, you know, someone break away and then play a pass two yards behind Pat Bamford in the middle. Um, so, yeah. What I'm saying is, send him back with the receipt. But yeah, don't bring Helda Costa back either. Yeah, I'm a... The, the one, the one of the best things about him is, as I say, I we we both think he'll be on the bench at first. He is exactly the sort of player that is a real threat when you're chasing a game. He's better on the break because that's his main strength. Like he's, he'll probably be even more of a threat in a game that you're one nil up in and he comes on with twenty minutes left. But he gives you that much more direct option. Someone who can just unsettle a defence purely by being rapid. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in a lead shirt. He's obviously someone that, that we've liked for a while. I just, unless Harrison gets injured, I don't see him breaking into the starting lineup at all, really. No, it's, it's a thing, you know, Time, time and again, you, everyone will talk about how quick he is and, and his ability to to get past someone. But outside of pace, right now, there's nothing that I rate him better at Harrison than you know. I think I think he's just as good, just as good as getting past a fullback as Harrison is. I don't think he defends as well. I don't think his final ball is as good. Um, I don't think he's as good a goal scorer as Harrison is. He's not got the assist that Harrison has. I think that the, the only time that I can see him starting, I could see him playing when we're playing 3-3-1-3. Because that one is where I could see him trying Harrison deeper with James ahead of him. Not as a, not an out-and-out left-back in a back four, but when it's mm. the five... I could maybe see that. I know that Bielsa has obviously... He's definitely looked at... Harrison, like Harrison has played left wing back briefly. But, I mean, briefly. And he's played a couple of 23s games there. I, th I think the times he's done it have both been the week we've played Man City. Yeah, I think, and he's, think he's both gone those well. Times, yeah, yeah, dropped him into the 23s because he can't play and he's played him left back both times. So I think that thought is there in the back of his head, but not... Not to the extent that it's gone well enough that it's thought this is a plan. In the same way that when we first got Rafinha, he stuck him in the 23s for those few games as he does with everyone. And he did play him central a couple of times. But he hasn't done it since. No. So, it's, and it's that strange thing of... and This is this is where I kind of struggle with the logic of, of the people who've said about moving Rafinha into the middle, like... Arguably, I know it ended up being Stuart Dallas, but Rafinha was right up there for one of our play, you know, player of the year contenders last year. And I don't know why after the season he had, bearing in mind he, you know, he joined late on as well, that you'd look at that and think, I'll best move him into the middle. Like, no, don't, don't, but just, I'd rather go buy a better central player. Leave him where he is. He's doing great. Yeah, I do, that's the, that is the thing with the deal. Obviously, I'm, ha I'm I'm happy to have him. I think he's a good player. I think he improves the squad. But if we had 25 million to spend, I do think there were better ways to spend it. 
in the same way that a lot of people, and they have been proved right, a lot of people said the same when we signed Rodrigo, saying if we've got that amount of money, there's be- there's more important areas and better styles of player to sign. Like, yeah, I, just... I, I, I suppose I suppose at the moment, though, the, the one thing you, you do have to say is that between certainly Otter and Bielsa, they, they have built up a vast amount of trust that they couldn't get a couple of transfers wrong, and I think we'll we'll forgive them fairly quickly for it. Yeah, like it's going to be a better deal than Jean Kevin Augustin. Don't remember him. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't. I don't think he played for us. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a legal defence at the moment. (laughs) I've never seen that man in my life. (laughs) That's not Jean Kevin Augustin. That's (laughs) old man Tronson. (laughs) Right. uh, So the last bit to say with James is. How many goals do you reckon he'll get this season? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be really pessimistic, but I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna go five. I we have the odd performance where we really get a team and then score a few late on. I can see us having a couple of games where we're one nil up with 15 minutes left, and he destroys people on the break, and we end up winning three nil. So what you say is Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> which which you know, we have to try and remember to get tickets for on Monday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that will do us for episode 127 at Mike White's podcast. Uh, they, I don't know when we'll be back, to be honest. We'll, it'll be next week at some point before to preview the Liverpool game. Liverpool, nice, easy game to come back after international duty at least uh, the stuff we write goes on through it all together which is at THIU at all THIU I've turned into a Burn- <laughs> turned into a Burnley fan then at THIU it's all LUFC on Twitter uh, we're on Twitter at Mighty White's Pod uh, have we out to add Casey? Uh, no, I think we got it all nice one well I've been Jack see ya I've been Casey have a good one in a bit <laughs>